The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend, we discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's right. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and have a bit of fun as we study the words of the awesome men and women that God has called to direct His church in the latter days. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Spencer. This episode, we're talking about Elder Carlos A. Godoy's address, for the sake of your posterity. So before we begin, we want to give a little introduction about Elder Godoy. Elder Godoy was sustained as a General Authority 70 of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on April 5th of 2008. At the time of his call, he had been serving as a member of the 7th Quorum of the 70 in the Brazil area. He has served as a counselor in the South America West Brazil and South America Northwest Area Presidencies and as president of the South America Northwest Area. Elder Godoy was named a member of the Presidency of the Seventy on March 31, 2018. He currently has supervisory responsibilities working with three different members of the Twelve for the Brazil, South America, South, and Utah areas. Since joining the church in 1977, Elder Godoy has served in numerous church callings, including full-time missionary in the Brazil Sao Paulo South Mission, Elders Quorum President, Missionary Training Center Branch President, Bishop High Counselor, President of the Brazil Belém Mission, and Area 70. Elder Godoy received a bachelor's degree in economics and political science from Pontificate Pontificia Universidad Católica in 1987. In 1994, he received a master's degree in organizational behavior from Brigham Young University. He worked in senior management positions at Johnson & Johnson, United Technologies, Otis Brazil Elevator, and Dow Corning South America. He then became a member of the board of directors for... ZF Sachs in South America. In 2004, he started his own consulting company, Change Console Organizational Development, specializing in organizational changes and restructuring. Simultaneously, he became an adjunct professor for many graduate schools on the topics of organizational change and change management. Awesome. Um, in his address... Titled, For the Sake of Your Posterity, Brief Summary, is Elder Godoy gives a personal uh, experience that he, well, we'll get into the story, but he has a personal experience with an individual that he met in the taxi and his family and tells how this individual and his family, um, for the individual, he came back to church and his family um, joined the church and they uh, were later still in the temple. Um, And then he divides... um, 
this principle that he is teaching, you know, for the sake of our posterity about coming back to the church, getting back on the covenant path, divides that up into two categories for those who are fallen away from the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. And for those who have yet to, you know, fully partake and get invested in to the covenant path. Um, being parents, there's a lot of good stuff that Tiffany and I have found as we were reading this talk. Um, but Tiffany, what were your thoughts about this talk? Yeah, I really enjoyed this talk. And whether you listen to it live during general conference or whether you studied it on your own, I'm sure there's one person or maybe multiple people that came to your mind when he spoke. I know that for me, um, I have many members of my family that were baptized and are members of the church, but have chosen for the time being to step away and not continue uh, attending church and um, keeping their covenants. And so those are the people that really stood out to me. Um, I have a sibling that currently isn't attending, aunts and uncles, and it... I don't know. It just kind of made me not necessarily sad. I'm not sure the exact feeling, but it just kind of made me hurt for them knowing that, I mean, for this time, they're choosing not to partake of the blessings that come from the gospel. And I don't know. I just... Yeah, I think right now we're in the Book of Mormon for Come Follow Me. And I think what you're describing is similar to what Lehi experienced, right? When he had his vision of the tree of life, he was so happy to partake of that fruit. And immediately he turned around and was looking and begging for his family to come and partake of the fruit too, so they could enjoy. And, uh, you know, his two sons, Sam and Nephi, came and partook, and his wife, Sariah, partook, but his two all the sons, Laman and Lemuel, they chose not to partake. And I'm sure what he was feeling is similar to what, what you're feeling. And, um, yeah, the people that I thought of, um, for me personally is, is my younger brother who has stepped away from the church, but also, um, the people that we were, that were in our MTC district, right? We, um... We went to the MTC in the Dominican Republic. There was probably 20 to 30 missionaries there total, depending on what week you were there. But we were there for six weeks learning the language of Spanish. And um, there were only two English-speaking districts that were learning Spanish. And they shared a room with the the, the church accordion wall thing. Uh, and there were many times where we'd be doing Spanish study and that accordion wall would open up and we'd just start having a good time but anyway um because of that we are my district and, and tiffany's district um we became very close and uh, to the point where you know after the mission we'd have get-togethers and it was fun seeing everybody outside of the mission and how they were doing in life but now um how many people were there there were probably 10 of us and at least half of them, we think, are have chosen to um, 
take a break from the church or go on their faith journeys, which is good for them. That's something that they need to do. Um, but at the same time, it's it's sad for us to see them stepping away when, you know, Tiffany and I, at least for me personally, thinking about how strong of a missionary they were and, you know, little old me thinking, wow, how could I ever be like them? Like, they're just so stellar and their testimonies are so strong. And then to just see them step away is kind of, it's disheartening and it's sad. It is sad. You can say it's sad. But, um... But we still love them, and yeah, I don't know. Let's let's dive more into this. <laughs> All right, so getting getting into the talk, uh, Elder Godoy tells about this experience where he hops in to a taxi, and you know he shuts the back door. Apparently, he got in, and it's it's the wrong driver, and they asked to switch cars or whatever. And he says, "No, we're good. Like, let's continue. Like, you'll get me there." Um, and as they go. He said, it says, he says, I sat in the back ready to relax and enjoy a quiet trip home. After driving a few blocks, the driver received a phone call from his supervisor telling him I took the wrong taxi. A different car was reserved for me and the supervisor asked him to take me back to the airport if I wanted to change cars. I told him it was not necessary and we could keep, we could keep going. After a few minutes of silence, he looked at me through the rearview mirror and asked, you're a Mormon, aren't you? Well, after that inviting question, I knew my quiet moments were over. I could no I could not resist exploring where his question would take us. I gotta share this because that makes me laugh because I, I think back as a missionary, we were told to preach the gospel everywhere we go. And I'm not gonna lie, I was so happy when there was like a home conference or district meeting and we got to just kind of sit in the car and relax because you're on your feet in the Dominican Republic, we were on our feet every day. In the sun, in the humidity. We didn't have cars. Yeah, we didn't have cars. So so when we got to ride a bus to a meeting or something, I was like, oh, it's time to relax. So I can relate to that with other Godoy where, you know, he's sitting in the back of the taxi thinking he's going to have time to relax. But um, this makes me think about going back to last week's talk um, from Elder Cook, Be Peaceable Followers of Christ. Um, Elder Cook says... As peaceable followers of Christ, we are warm, engaged members of the communities where we live. We love, share, and invite all of God's children to follow Christ's teachings. I think that's awesome because despite what, you know, Elder Godoy had planned a relaxing car ride, um, he he is a great example of being a peaceable follower of Christ. And had he not been, we wouldn't get this great story. Yeah, so to continue on with the story, it goes on to say that he started conversing with this man uh, named Omar, and he got to know him a little bit. He learned about his wife, his children, and how Omar had actually been a member of the church since he was a child. His family was active, but at some point his parents stopped going to church, and how Omar became completely inactive when he was 15. Um and at that point, he was 40. And so um, Elder Godoy realized in this moment that, like, it wasn't just a coincidence that he happened to get in the, quote, wrong taxi. He realized he was actually exactly where the Lord needed him at that time. And kind of how Spencer was saying, I also think back to the mission and how, 
I mean, as missionaries, we're continually all throughout the day praying for opportunities um, to share the gospel and find those who are prepared to receive his word. And I think of one person specifically that it was kind of towards the end of my mission. And at this point, our mission president had told us to share the gospel with everyone. Everyone needs to hear God's word. And we, I felt like my companion and I had really done our best to share the gospel with everyone, but we were really seeking for those who God was preparing at that time. And I remember at this point we were whitewashing an area. We didn't really know anyone. I think we had only been in the area for maybe a couple days at this point. And we were kind of just feeling defeated because we weren't really left with many uh, previous investigators that were being taught. And so we were kind of just starting from scratch. And uh, my companion and I, she was brand new to the mission. I remember we were at, in the Dominican Republic, they have comados and it's basically like i don't know how you would describe them they're like mini stores on the side of the road but i remember we were next to the comal and we just said a little prayer like asking god please help us find someone that is prepared to receive your word is prepared to make that covenant with you and it was so funny. Just literally like a minute later, we went up to this little comado and we came across this boy. I think at the time he was like 16 or 17. And we just started talking to him and he was asking what we were doing. And we explained we were missionaries. And he is literally like a golden investigator. He was completely ready to receive God's word. I remember we would have an appointment at his house and usually you would leave him with a little assignment like to read a chapter from the scriptures or whatever it was whatever quote homework assignment you gave him and he would read chapters ahead like he was he knew within I would say just a few days of reading the Book of Mormon that it truly was the Word of God. He was someone that God had prepared for us to teach at that time. And I'm so grateful that we were, my companion and I had been in tune with the Spirit and that we didn't allow ourselves to feel defeated in that moment. And I don't know, I just... I know that God is preparing people to receive his word and that we just have to be in tune with the spirit and continually pray for opportunities to share the gospel. That's an awesome story, Tiffany. Um, at this, uh, I think, yeah, 2017 is another Raz band gave a talk. So we're both on the mission and in his talk, it's titled By Divine Design. He talks about coincidence and he says, quote, you and I may call these interesting or intersecting coincidence. What the? Says, quote, you and I may call these 
intersecting coincidence. This word is understandable for mortals to use, but coincidence is not an appropriate word to describe the workings of an omni um how do you say that? Omniscient um omni omniscient god. You guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. He does not do things by coincidence, but by divine design. So I think that's awesome that you had that experience from your mission. Um, and that during the same time, I um, took this principle of coincidence. Like there's no such thing as coincidence. It's God's divine design. Um, and knowing that in, in my life has allowed me to see the hand of the Lord a lot more and express a lot more gratitude for those coincidences that occur in my life so one interesting thing or something at least i found interesting is while other godoy was having this conversation with omar in the taxi um kind of asked him you know what what do you remember about the church type of thing and it says that he had had fond memories of sweet family home evening moments and some primary songs he then softly sang a few words of i am a child of god now, that's awesome because I look at our family home evening moments, and they're not always sweet family home evening moments, but we do get some of those sweet moments. And I hope, you know, last um, last podcast, um, my guest, uh, uh, President Lamb, mentioned how hope is is something that can be certain. And when we're talking about um, things of a spiritual nature, different how different than how we use it um, in a secular language. So when I'm talking about this hope, you know, I hope that these sweet moments have an impact on our children. Uh, I think of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, where it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. All right, that is awesome. I think that's a great um, example, or this story of Omar and his family is a great example of that scripture and how it is fulfilled. Um, you know, Tiffany and I aren't perfect parents. We miss prayers at night. We miss reading the scriptures. We, but we're, we're trying to do our best. And that's what Heavenly Father loves effort. Um, President Nelson invites us to repent daily and try again so that we can refocus. Um, but I know that we have tried to up our game as far as teaching our children the gospel. Um, we've recently invested in some some different resources to be able to do that um, because it's just so it's so important for our children to learn it at a young age because they're so impressionable at this time. Um, and and thinking of this, um, let's see, don't want to touch on this. Yeah, I'll touch on it. Um, thinking about this. Uh, on social media lately, I don't know if you've seen these reels, Tiffany, but I have. Um, but, you know, it's usually a mom working out. And then the caption is like, I don't know, like you have a 95, I don't know the statistic, but yeah, like a 95% chance of influencing your children to have a healthy lifestyle if the mom has a healthy lifestyle type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then another uh, statistic that I've been seeing on social media is that a father and depending on how religious or how often a father goes to church, it determines how religious that family is going to be. And so I actually looked up that statistic and this says right here, and I'll link this in our show notes, but it says when a mother comes to Christ, her family will join her at church only 17% of the time. But when her father comes to Christ, 
his family joins him 93% of the time. So just knowing that statistic has greatly impacted um, recently how I have been approaching um, teaching the gospel to our children and and having it be something that is set. Um, Also, another thing that I, um, we just had our baby girl, uh, Kiara. She turns a month old um, tomorrow. And, uh, is that tomorrow? (laughs) Yep, tomorrow. (laughs) And um, in preparation for that, because I have had two boys and growing up, it was me and my brother. um, So I'm not too familiar with... um, daughters or say sisters uh so for, to prepare i was reading a book called strong father strong daughters and one of the chapters talks about religion and god and how important that is um and this book is uh it was referred to me um by someone i admire anyway um it, in this book it, it talks about how you're your daughter thinks you are the strongest, wisest, and most intelligent person on the planet. One day you won't be there. She'll need to know there is someone greater that she can turn to for guidance, for wisdom. Um, anyway, there, there's, there's a lot of good stuff about that, but I do think that it is very important for us as parents, not just fathers alone, to influence our children, to have them see us be religious. And in fact, that is something that I've been trying to do more of as of late, is that I want my kids to wake up in the morning and they come running down the hallway into the kitchen and I'm sitting there at the table reading my scriptures, doing come follow me, saying a prayer, and they get to see that first thing in the morning. And I don't know, that's just something that I really desire for our children um, to know is that I have a testimony of our Savior Jesus Christ and that we can have an eternal family as we live his gospel. Um, and it's something that I hope for in the spiritual sense that they will also have one day a testimony of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I really love what you just said, said Spencer, and it reminded me of one of President Nelson's talks. Um, I can't remember the title of it i'm sure when i read the quote you'll remember what it was but it says in coming days it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding directing comforting and constant influence of the holy ghost and so that really is like our main priority as parents is to teach our children the gospel um help them understand what a testimony of our Savior is, um, teach them about the Holy Ghost so that they can recognize how they receive promptings from the Spirit and how they hear our Heavenly Father speaking to them in whatever way that may be for them personally. But now more than ever, it is so important for them to be guided by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, because like President Nelson said, it is not going to be possible. It isn't possible now to survive spiritually without that guidance. We need that guidance to be able to survive spiritually, like it says, to continue feeling that hope, to continue 
having that assurance that even though things may not be going the best in the world, that even though there's chaos and whatever may come to pass, that there is hope that we have a Savior who loves us, who is going to come again so that we can have joy, we can live with our families forever, and enjoy all the blessings that the gospel has to bring for us. And to go along with that, if any of you listening are like me, I can tend when it comes to parenting, especially hearing like our biggest responsibility as parents is to rear our children in righteousness and teach them the gospel. Um, I mean, it's a big responsibility that our father, our heavenly father has given us. And sometimes I start to become overwhelmed or I think to myself, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing as good as I should, especially on those days where we might miss our family scripture study or family prayer or whatever it might be. But I came across this quote um, from Jeffrey R from Jeffrey R. Holland, and it's a really great reminder. It's simple, but I really liked it. And he says, quote, if you try your best to be the best parent you can be, you will have done all that a human being can do and all that God expects you to do. And like Spencer had said, our Heavenly Father isn't looking for perfection. Obviously, not one of us is perfect, but he just wants effort. He just wants to see that we're doing our best. And as long as we are striving to teach our children the doctrine of Christ and rear them in righteousness and help them learn and follow God's commandments, that all that's all he wants from us. And I know that as we do that, especially within our home, that we'll see the blessings um, from our Father in heaven and we'll have the Spirit guiding us more and more and we'll feel that peace amidst the chaos that might be happening outside of us. Yeah, Tiffany, as you say that, I just had the thought, you know, there's always the ideal cookie cutter, you know, Johnson's way of doing it, um, or Jones's instead of Jones's. <laughs> Not a <laughs> the Joneses, um, but when we don't meet that, that's okay. Maybe we're that's not where we're at. Um, but God knows that. God knows where we're at and what we can do, and He's okay with that as long as we're trying, as long as we're doing our best. So at the end of uh, Elder Godoy sharing his experience with Omar and his family, he poses a question. The question is, why am I sharing this experience with you? I'm sharing it for two purposes. First, to address those good members who, for some reason, have fallen away from the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Second, to also address those participating members today who maybe are not being as faithful to their covenant as they should be. So talking about that first scenario, the good members who, for some reason, have fallen away from the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, um, referring to Omar's experience, Elder Godoy asked him, you know, why he decided to return. And he said it was because 
he and his wife felt their children would be happier in life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He felt it was about time to go back to church for the sake of their children. I think that's awesome, especially in a world that is so worldly and prideful today. Um, thinking about our own children, I, I I keep thinking about ways how we can step back from the world and and it's awesome to see that other parents are outside of the church are doing the same, trying to see how they can do things better for their children. And to see that Omar and his family found that, that, that God and Jesus Christ is the answer for them, for their children is awesome. Uh, another thing that I liked is, you know, it talks about, uh, Elder Godoy refers to, um, the decisions of people who decide to leave the church. Um, and the impact that that has is it being kind of like a chain. He says, the decision of one has impacted a whole chain of descendants. A legacy of faith has been broken. And the mental image that I have, there's kind of like three. Um, when I picture that is first, you know, you have a chain and there is a link that is missing. And it there's just this, this gap until the chain continues. Um, so the second image that comes to my mind is kind of like a family tree. And the family tree is all lit up, but then you get down to one descendant and that descendant chooses not to live the gospel of Jesus Christ and be on the covenant path. And all the descendants below them, you know, they're not lit up on that family tree. But then, and then last of all, that image that comes to my mind is a strand of Christmas lights on our sweet three Christmas lights right across the front. And if you look, well, I unplugged them because it's no longer Christmas. But had you looked during the, the holiday season, uh, there was a gap of about 20 lights that were not lit up. That dang light bulb, I could have figured it out. However, that's how I, that's, that's that third uh, image that comes to my mind for those who decide to take a break from living the gospel of Jesus Christ and leave the covenant path. But Carlos Elder Godoy uh, shares... This, he says, however, as we know, anything broken can be mended through Jesus Christ. And then he quotes President Nelson saying, now, if you have stepped off the covenant path, may I invite you with all the hope in my heart to please come back. Whatever your concerns, whatever your challenges, there is a place for you in this, the Lord's church. You and generations yet born will be blessed by your actions now to return to the covenant path. Isn't that so reassuring? So despite this broken chain, the lights that have gone out on this strand of metaphorical Christmas lights, right? Uh, we can return. We can repair what has been broken through our Savior Jesus Christ and His power. Um, talking about the second scenario, Elder Godoy um, talks about, he says, Decisions of today will impact our future and the future of our family members. This made me think about... Um, Russell M. Nelson's address to young adults back in May of 2022 titled Choices for Eternity. In that address, he says, Now, this is a singular time in your life. There won't be another quite like it. You are establishing priorities and patterns that will dramatically affect not just your mortal life, but also your eternal life. Speaking, uh, speaking of families, right, this can also include our eternal families. Uh, continuing the quote, he says, Every righteous choice that you make here will pay huge dividends now, but righteous choices in mortality will pay unimaginable dividends eternally. 
if you choose to make covenants with God and are faithful to those covenants, you have the promise of glory added upon your head forever and ever. End quote. That is amazing to me uh, to think about how impactful the choices, the simple daily choices, right? Going, going back to those primary answers of reading your scriptures, saying your prayers, going to church, getting to the temple, uh, remembering our covenants and renewing those covenants each sa- uh, Sabbath day as we partake of the ca- uh, the sacrament, right? Those little things are paying huge dividends eternally for ourselves, but also for our descendants. Um, continuing on, with other Godoy's message, he quotes Dallin H. Oaks. And I'll read part of this, but he says, or quoting Dallin H. Oaks says, As we make current decisions, we should always be asking, where will this lead? Will our current decisions lead us to joy now and in eternity, or will they lead us to sorrow and tears? Some may think, we don't need to attend church every Sunday, or we will pay tithing when things get better, or I will not support the church leaders in this subject but they say we know the church is true and we will never leave the gospel of jesus christ those with thoughts like these do not realize the negative impact this lukewarm type of membership will have on their lives and on the lives of their posterity i think that's a great way to that that phrase lukewarm is a great way to um kind of measure ourselves as to our conversion to our faith as individuals and our commitment to be living the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, am I lukewarm? Am I faithfully doing? And a number of these questions that he asked, am I paying my tithing or whatever it might be? Um, but that's a, that's a great question for us to ponder and take to the Lord in prayer. Say, hey, Heavenly Father, am I being a lukewarm member? What are some things that I can improve on? And he'll, he'll send the Holy Ghost um, to teach us what things we can do better to improve our relationship with him. Elder Godoy also doesn't fail to mention that there are members of the church or ex-members of the church who have struggled with uh, questions. Um, for this, he quotes President M. Russell Ballard in an address that he gave. It says, For some, Christ's invitation to believe and remain continues to be hard. Some disciples struggle to understand a specific church policy or teaching. Others find, find concerns in our history or in the imperfections of, of some members and leaders, past and present. The decision to walk no more with the church members and the Lord's chosen leaders will have a long-term impact that cannot always be seen right now, end quote. Uh, thinking about this, I think about my own, um, my own questions that I have had regarding the church um, and some some things that have happened uh, with leaders, church leaders' decisions um, on, a, on a local basis type of thing. Um, but as, as I start to think about that, I always go back to the same question. And that question is, is the Book of Mormon true? Right? If we look in the title page or in the introduction of the Book of Mormon, it says, we invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon, to ponder in their hearts, the message it contains, and then ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if the book is true. Those who pursue this course and ask in faith will gain a testimony of its truth and divinity by the power of the Holy Ghost. Those who gain this divine witness from the Holy Spirit will also come to know by the same power that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that Joseph Smith is his 
revelator, and prophet in these last days, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's kingdom, once again established on the earth, preparatory for the second coming of the Messiah. That is what I think of every time I have concerns. That question, is the Book of Mormon true? Yes. Yes, it is true. It testifies of our Savior Jesus Christ. And because I know that, I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is true, that there are prophets and seers here upon the earth that are receiving revelation and Christ's word for us to guide and direct us. I really love that, Spencer. I know that that's a question that I continually am going back to as well whenever I have any small doubts or concerns that if we have a testimony of the Book of Mormon, then we know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is God's church on the earth. And I I have a testimony of that, and that's definitely helped me keep going whenever I'm having a hard time or having doubts, like I had said. And to kind of wrap this up, I just want to repeat Elder Godoy's invitation at the end of his talk. And he says, from the bottom of my heart, I invite you to think about it, to look ahead and evaluate where this will lead. And if necessary, to be valiant enough to reshape your path for the sake of your posterity. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And I think that alone to look ahead and evaluate where this will lead will really help us to make better decisions daily and not only better decisions, but decisions that will help lead us to return in the presence of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and with our families for eternity. As we evaluate each of those decisions that we make daily, I know that as we're more conscious and aware of the decisions that we're making and where they'll lead us, that we'll be more likely to stay on the covenant path and um, in the path and follow the path of our Savior Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk podcast. This episode we discussed for the sake of our of your posterity by elder carlos a godoy if you enjoyed this episode give us a five-star rating you can find us on itunes spotify and everywhere you get your podcasts you can find links to all our podcast platforms on our website conferencetalk.org conferencetalk.org is also where you can follow us on social media drop us a comment check out the show notes find the resources we mentioned in the episodes and learn more about us your hosts if you want to follow me spencer bowis you can find me at papa.bowis on instagram and you can find me tiffany at tiffany r underscore bowis but while we always appreciate new followers, it's better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. Yep. Although we love speaking about the church and our leaders, we do not speak for them. Everything said on this podcast represents our own personal opinions. 
Join us next week for some more personal opinions next week on the Conference Talk Podcast.